panels here. I've got a special person here. This guy is the best of the best in digital marketing. Met him at a conference recently, and we're going to have this two-part series called Killer Digital Marketing for Real Estate Agents. This man's the go-to expert on social media and web strategies in the real estate industry. How are you, Adam? Very well, thanks, Tom. Okay, so um, Adam, just a brief summary on your background, 60-second version of who you are and what you do. Sure, so for the last decade, Tom, I've run my marketing firm called Blue Wire Media, and as the web and social media has evolved and uh, matured, we've been on the front line to be able to really see what works and what doesn't work. Because as you know, there's a lot of noise, distractions, and shiny objects with the web, but we've really narrowed in on what you need to focus on as a real estate agent. Excellent. Um, you've written a book. I'll just show this book, Web Marketing That Works. Um, Adam Franklin and Toby Jenkins, and Adam is the, more the face of that uh, that business. I certainly do some public speaking at Toby's a little kid these days, so right. I'm out and about on the road. Okay, so I want you to know, the audience that you're talking to right now are real estate agents. Their number one goal is to sell real estate. To sell real estate, they need to get listings. They need to be selected as an agent. They need to have a brand. They need to have presence. They're um, always asking, because it's such a new field, how do they use social media? How do they use the web to actually um, get more profile, get on the shopping list? Uh, Adam, apart from a traditional uh, uh, footprint, every real estate agent now has got a digital footprint too, don't they? Absolutely. It is definitely important to be using social media and the web basically to complement what you're doing already and to scale what you're doing. It's not an excuse to go hiding behind Facebook. You still need to do your face-to-face meetings. You still need to do your telephone calls. But there's only so many hours in a day. So there's only so many meetings you can have. There's only so many phone calls you can make. So where the web and social media really comes into its own is because you can actually scale. So you might do a short video as an introduction. You might give a short video about what to do when you're looking for a property or how to, you know, when you're delivering a listing. So those types of things can be recorded once and, and leveraged. So being on social media allows you to free up some time in the day to do more of the stuff that gets you listings. And at the same time, you can be building your digital footprint to attract the right types of people that will be giving you the listings in the first place. Okay, so what you're saying is, Adam, what you're saying is you're creating con- content and you're building an, ex- an encyclopedia of content. You're, you're, every time you do something, this thing's been permanently being made and is going up there. That's the beauty of it, yeah, because if you're publishing content, whether it's video or podcasts or written content on a blog, you're providing value for people. And yeah. once you've written an article once, it can help somebody tomorrow, next week, next year. And as you publish more content that actually helps people solve their problem, one, people find it, two, people share it, and three, you become that trusted authority, and therefore you start to attract the people into your business. Okay. So the agents I uh, work with, and the agents that uh, watch these weekly videos, they're very keen on execution. They're action-oriented. They're all into uh, success. Um, they're all uh, people that want to know the what-tos and the how-tos. So I'd love to ask you this broad-based question. Five killer tips, killer strategies, the five, the five things that you think are critical to uh, get this whole social media 
web strategy right for your average real estate person. Okay. So the first thing to do is to actually go ahead and understand how the web works from 20,000 feet. Like, There's no point just running off to the latest tactic because you hear about it on Twitter or on the news or something. So understanding how the web works, and there's two things to keep in mind. The first is to focus on things that you actually own yourself, and by that I mean things like your email list and your blog and your website. Stuff that you have control over, that's the primary thing to be focusing on. The secondary stuff is your social media. So that's ways to basically share your content and actually connect with, with people. Okay, so let's stop there. So what you're saying is the stuff that you control is your email, your blog, your website. Yeah. The stuff that you don't control, but what term did you use there? They're, they're secondary? Yes, it's a, second, it's a secondary type of um, platform because you don't own Facebook. They can change the rules on you, yeah. and they often do. Twitter, LinkedIn, they're all different platforms that you're basically renting turf on as opposed to owning the property. Okay, so be aware that these things I own, these things I've got more control over, the other ones, they can change the laws, they can change the rules, they can change a policy, they might start saying, pay us $10,000 every week to use them. I mean, I'm being... Uh, extreme. Uh, extreme here, but the bottom line is it's something that's out of your control. Yes. So if you build your entire platform on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, that's very dangerous if you don't have that foundation that you own. So the first thing would be to do would be to understand that, and then secondly, to actually go out and reserve your social media platforms. So secure your Facebook page and your Twitter page and your LinkedIn page. What's the advice that you give in securing names, um, Adam? So you should try and do it as fast as possible because ideally you want to get your name, is it? Yeah, that's right. Because they're global platforms, there might be another Tom Panos somewhere else in the world. I know there's another Adam Franklin and he's the lead singer of a rock band overseas. So he actually got into Twitter before me and secured Adam Franklin. So my Twitter handle is actually back to front. It's Franklin underscore Adam. So that's a lesson in getting onto those platforms early to secure those names. Even if you don't intend to use all of them, and I don't recommend using all of them, but just secure them in the first place. Okay. Would you, would you recommend to real estate agents, if they're working for a real estate office, and let's call the office, it's a franchise, like Ray White, Ray and Hall, McGrath's, or um, whatever franchise it is, should they also, should Tom Panos, if he's working for one of those franchises, be securing tompanos.com.au, his own name? I would certainly recommend that. Of course, it depends on the restrictions put in place by the franchise or, yeah. but I certainly recommend building that personal brand and because it's the, it's the human relationships that are going to lead to listings. It's your personal LinkedIn page, it's your personal Facebook page. I think it should be your personal website, your personal blog because it's those people who do business with, with humans, I believe, more so than franchises or brand names. Okay, next tip that you'd give us um, on this subject. The next tip is to not be extreme in one way or the other. So don't try and take on every single social media platform and conquer the world in two days because you're going to spin your wheels, you're going to dilute your efforts and you're going to get overwhelmed and ultimately stop, which is no good. And by the same token, you don't want to just use it as an excuse to spend all day on Facebook and to hide behind it because you still need all that face-to-face stuff. It's really good to have a balance, to pick a handful of platforms that your buyers are on or the people listing the properties are on. Yeah. Because you'll notice in social media land, people say, well, what platform should I be on? Should I be on Twitter, LinkedIn, or whatever? It doesn't really matter. It's the same as saying, well, which should I call somebody on their landline or their mobile phone or their home line um, or their office line? It doesn't matter how you're contacting them. It just matters that you are and you're doing it 
on the platform that is most important to the person who's buying from you. So okay. if they're on LinkedIn, communicate with them on LinkedIn. If they're on Facebook, form a relationship on Facebook. Okay, so let's talk about the social media platforms. Um, you've got Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Are they the main ones? They're the main ones, and YouTube too, if you and YouTube YouTube videos. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you got a preference for one over the others? Look, I think LinkedIn is the best place to start. It's right. the professional network. Then after that, Twitter is good. It's not for everybody, but YouTube is particularly powerful too because you can put that human touch on it, you can do the videos, and you can put that personality into it. Plus, YouTube's the second biggest search engine after Google, so a lot of people are actually using YouTube to look for information. And you want to be found, ultimately, as a a real estate agent. Okay, well, that's interesting. So you're saying after Google, people go to YouTube and do searches? That's it, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And YouTube is owned by Google? That's right, that's right. Does that mean anything for, like... I mean, I, I hear people talk about search engine optimization. Actually, can you explain search engine optimization? What does that mean? Or the term is SEO. What does it mean for, yeah? It basically means trying to get your website on that first page of Google, which right. is where you want to be. Page two and beyond, you're essentially invisible. So SEO can be a very confusing place, particularly when you hear it explained by SEO people. But really, Google's just trying to work out the most relevant result for whoever's searching. If you're a real estate agent in Sydney, Google doesn't know you're a real estate agent in Sydney unless you actually use the words real estate agent Sydney on your webpage. Right. And then of all the people that have real estate agent Sydney on their website, Google's got to decide who's first and who's last and every single ranking in between. So it's got to look for signals and cues that determine how much authority you have. And so a very authoritative site has lots of backlinks pointing to it. Okay, can explain the what is a backlink? So a backlink is any web page that links back to your website. So if my website, bluewiremedia.com.au, had a page that linked to tompanos.com.au, that is a backlink I'm linking to you. Right. What you want to do, ideally, then, is to get a lot of backlinks, is it? Yes, that's, yes. in essence, that's right. The more backlinks you've got, the more Google knows that you're an authoritative site and therefore it pushes you up the search results. Right. Okay. So let's keep talking about um, tips that you're giving to people. Um, What other tips can you give to the real estate community? The best thing to do is if you're looking for listings and you're looking for referrals, then social media is so powerful for this. Except what most people do is they go out asking for referrals, which is definitely effective. But what I've found is an even better way is to actually be generous first and to lead with helping other people and being valuable to other people. So if you've got a whole bunch of um, type A prospects, for example, that you'd like to do business with, identify who they are, and then actually start to gather some intelligence on them. What, 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 What projects are they working on? What means a lot to them as a hobby or a passion or their family members? And always be on the lookout for ways to help them. If you can help them by sending them an article or help them by making an introduction or anything that's of value to them, then the law of reciprocity kicks in and they're going to be much more likely to think of you. Because most people know more than one real estate agent. I certainly do, but I know who I'd be be referring first because I'm up to date with what he's doing through social media and he's a generous person and helps me. Okay, so in real estate, Adam, uh, the number one issue that real estate agents want is more listings, more people to give them their house to um, sell. Um, So you're suggesting 
any information you can give these people about the real estate market, the state of the economy, what's happening in the market, um, what send these people articles. Send them articles, definitely send them articles. Like if you've got something valuable about real estate in their area that is of help to them, absolutely send that to them. If you know that they're involved in a certain sporting community or, or, or um, charity group and there's a valuable connection to be made, introduce them because there's so much more value that you can add as a real estate agent over and above the transaction of selling a property. Right. And it's those relationships that can really be strengthened with social media. Okay, okay. So I'm, 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 the, the picture's getting clear in my mind. I'm sorry I'm going on a random thought there. Are you also suggesting that if a, a real estate agent's got a, a blog or content, that they should keep putting in words in that content that they think that the public are looking for? Yes, that is, that is huge. Absolutely. Because people turn to the web when they've got a problem. They might be looking for information on buying a property or where to buy, which suburbs are popular, any of those types of things. And they may not yet know that they're going to buy a house. They certainly don't know that they're going to be picking a real estate agent just yet. Right. So if you're the real estate agent who's published content to the web that actually helps people in that early phase of research and you've got that connection, you've got that opportunity to add value and to help them, then that's going to put you in very good stead further down the track when they're there okay. deciding which real estate agent to appoint. Okay, so hypothetically, uh, I'm a Bondi real estate agent and I want to get on the shopping list and be uh, on Google on page one. Um, what I should be doing is, in any of my articles that I'm writing, be talking about the words such as Bondi houses, Bondi units, uh, selling, uh, listing, um, just key words that you think people in Bondi that are thinking of selling would be searching and include those words in the way that you write an article. Is that what you're saying? That is true, that is true. You always want to write for a human being first, but you can use those words that you know people, who you think people will be searching for, using them on your web page. Right. And there's research tools you can use as well that pulls from Google's data to give you much more accurate um, information on what people are actually searching for. And a tool that I use is called keywordtool.io, and you can just plug in words like Bondo Real Estate, and it will then tell you all the other words in and around that phrase that people are searching for. Okay, so what's that URL? Keyword? Keywordtool.io. Dot I-O. What's yeah. I-O? I-O actually stands for the Indian Ocean. Wow. Random fact of the day. Okay, amazing. Guys, I'm telling you, this guy's giving us some great content here. We're not going over, all oh, the sort of stuff, yeah, I knew that. This is all, I didn't know that stuff. This is really good. Uh, Adam, let me ask you, uh, and we're going to keep going through with more tips, but one of the things that comes through my mind is, do you think real estate agents should be blogging? If your best use of time is getting listings and pressing the flesh and being face-to-face, -face, you need to somehow get your knowledge out of your head and onto a blog. Now, you don't have to be the person writing that, especially if you don't enjoy writing and it's a battle, which I understand that it is. Like, I'm a blogger and it's still a blank screen. It's still quite, a, uh, uh, quite an issue to overcome. It's difficult to write. But that said, there's people like journalists and writers who are very good at asking you a few questions and taking your ideas and your thought leadership 
and then turning that into an article and ghostwriting it for you. Okay. So what you're saying is know what you suck at, outsource, <laughs> your, out, outsource your weakness, work your strengths. Absolutely, absolutely. And somehow get that blog happening with whatever help you, you do. You, you, you write once or twice a week? or I try and write once a week, although I do prefer talking, so I have a podcast, right. which I do, and then I get that turned into a blog post with show notes and everything. It's a, kind of a lot less daunting to talk to a guest or to talk to the microphone for 20 minutes or half an hour. So is your blog post um, transcribed off your podcast? Not always. Right. When it's a short video, we've done a lot of YouTube videos that we do transcribe and then also repurpose into eBooks. Right. But for the podcast itself, no, we haven't. Right. Is it a difficult process to take something that's a, a, a video and turn it into words? Do you do it by hand or you give it? I used to do it by hand and it was... <laughs> Well, I used to, we used to have some interns at work. We'd often give them that as a task to do. It wasn't that enjoyable, but it got done. And then we discovered this really useful tool called speechpad.com, right. and it's a transcription service. And it's 99.9% .9 accurate. You just upload a YouTube URL, or you upload the audio file or the video file, and it will actually translate it for you. And if it's a 12-minute video, it costs you $12. So very cost-effective. Um, and audio is the same price? Same deal. Speechpad? Speechpad.com. Okay. Again, gold nuggets. I mean, I've got to tell you, um, the information that you're giving, the real estate industry is not one that's been exposed to. All we hear is, you've got to be on social media. No one tells us the what and hows, you know. Um, keep going, Adam. Other tips that you give to the real estate industry in your space? Well, you're out at houses and properties, particularly on the weekends, and everybody's got a smartphone in their pocket. Instagram is a very useful and powerful tool these days because it's a photo sharing application. And if you're at a property that you're listing and you're taking photographs, or maybe you're getting a photograph of the happy buyers or the happy sellers, then these are great opportunities just to remain top of mind with the people that you connect with on social media. If you're constantly reminding people and staying top of mind that you're a good agent and you get listings and you sell property, then when people do get asked that question at the barbecue, do you know a good real estate agent? You go, actually, I do, because I've seen this person's stuff on Instagram or on Facebook. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be over the top at all. It's not just about doing all your real estate listings, but it's uh, interspersed with stuff about you as a person because you do business with people um, who you know, like, and trust. And if you've got a listing um, one day and then a, a social photo from another, it's a really powerful way because your professional and your personal life always always blur, they always blend and if people can feel like they're getting to know you and like you, as well as knowing that you're a great real estate agent it's a very powerful combination to be winning listings Absolutely, and I, I think the audience knows that we are real estate people, but people list with a human being first and a real estate agent second and uh, it's a very authentic relationship with real estate because you've got someone who's an agent that rocks up but really, people are just dying to meet a good human being because it's the biggest asset that they've got. And real estate has had a perception that, you know, if you pick a bad one, you can have a, it can be a nightmare. So what you're saying is you can use social media to provide unquestionable proof over a period of time of this is who this person is, that they're authentic, that this is the way that they operate. And um, you believe Instagram could be a good tool because of... Um, the photo element to it. Absolutely. Facebook and Instagram are really good and you can build that level of trust. You know, you can build trust in face-to-face -face meetings and on telephones, no doubt. 
It's not designed to replace that. It's designed to complement that because whilst you're actually at the house, it takes no extra time to pull out a photo, out your camera and take a photograph with the buyers, with the sellers, with the property and post it. So, yeah, it's adding that proof on a scalable... Most of it, is most of your, your posting on social media done by mobile phone? Probably more the computer. Right. Probably more the computer if I was to think about it. Right. Definitely photos on Instagram through the phone. Right. I tend to write a blog post or do a podcast and then I'll actually schedule it out using tools like Buffer. Right. So I'll typically do that. So what, what is Buffer? So Buffer, you know how if you, you know how we've got this nagging voice in our head saying we should be on social media? Everybody tells us that, but they don't say the how or the why. The what or the how, sorry. And so we know we should be posting stuff, but you can't have... No-one's got time to be logging into Facebook and Twitter and YouTube you know, five times a day to be posting stuff. However, what Buffer does is it allows you to schedule posts throughout the week. So you might just batch a task for 10 minutes on a Monday morning and you might just buffer out all these tweets to go out for the rest of the week so that it eliminates that need to be logging in all the time. Does Buffer work with Facebook and Twitter? Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Is it a bit like um, the one that I use and the person that helped me, Susan, uses is Hootsuite? Similar to that. Is it a similar sort of thing? Yeah. And you can do it on your mobile? You can do it on your mobile and you can do it on on your computer. computer. Okay. Um, Other tips? Okay, other tips... Email is the most effective form of web marketing. Right. By far. Everybody's got an email address. Everybody uses it for business. It's not sexy. It's not talked about much in the press. But it is 10, 20, 100 times better than social networks for the reason that we are all on it and people use it every day and we open emails. And if an email arrives in your inbox, it stays there until it gets archived or deleted or read. Whereas logging onto Twitter or Facebook is like this... Uh, waterfall of content. So if you're not logged in at the exact second that somebody's tweet is going down to a news stream, you essentially miss it. But an email, posting an email to you, you get it. Correct. You might not read it. Yeah. And on average, you know, I think only 20% of email marketing is open, like 20% is a good open rate. But it actually arrives in your inbox. And if our relationship is strong enough and my subject line is good enough and my history of content is powerful enough for you to want to open it, it's a much better way to be communicating. Okay. Gang, I think this is a really profound gold point because at the end of the day, an email, according to one of the experts in the field that works in the space of social media, he's actually saying the email is more powerful, it gets to the person, it doesn't require the person to be checking in on social media, it actually goes to the person. Does that mean that a core strategy of a real estate agent is to build that email list? Absolutely. In my opinion and in my experience, focusing on that email list should be the primary focus of what you do with everything else. Like social media is great. It should be part of a system to be guiding people to your email list eventually. Okay, so what you're saying is use social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, as like an octopus to try and get people to give you their email? Yes. Yes. Social media is a great way for, for, for that initial point of contact to get to, to get to know you, and then there should always be something of more value that you can offer somebody. Right. Because you know that if you can list their house or sell their property, that's tremendous value for somebody. Right. But to get to that stage, there needs to be baby steps, baby exchanges of value. So if you've got a great report on the Bondi property market, and I'm looking to list a property in Bondi, 
that's going to be of value to me. So I'm not just giving you my email address, I'm getting, as the potential lister, I'm getting something of huge value. And it's these value exchanges that are so important to bake into your system right. and build that all the way up to listing the property. It's just that as you get to know, like, and trust someone better, there's more and more value exchanged, which culminates, ideally, in that sale. Okay, so what you're saying, it's very important that you're adding a lot of valuable content to people. Yes. Because you want to have a relationship where they're going to open the email because they've got trust with that relationship. Um, Adam, let me ask you, what's the biggest mistake people do? The biggest mistake is probably not tr- trying to do too much and failing and just dismissing it and saying, I've tried email or I've tried web marketing, it doesn't work. And they haven't given it a good enough go. And the analogy is like going to the gym. You know, it, it does take a little bit of work, particularly at the start. If you try and do, it's not a linear, it's not a linear path to success. Like your first 50 blog posts aren't going to get a heap of traffic as you jump onto Twitter and Facebook. You're not going to get tons of traction straight away, which is a challenge and an opportunity because a lot of people give up. Right. Know, it's not for me. And the good thing is when people give up, it's more of an opportunity for the people that stick the course. Right. And because of that, as you go, it snowballs and gets more and more momentum so that your second 50 blog posts, they're going to get a lot more traction. Same amount of effort, 10x more results. And the longer you can stay at it, the longer you can be building this asset, this content you publish on the web is an asset that attracts people in. Because every time you publish it, it helps people every single day that it's available on the web. And more people will read it, they'll share it, they'll link to it, you'll be higher up in the Google results. So it's really important to push through that initial part where it's painful, difficult, and you see no results and you want to give up. Get through that and there's tons of reward on the other side. Okay, so what you're saying is it's got a high barrier to entry because everyone drops out because they're not seeing results um, week one doing this stuff. Um, so obviously one of the biggest challenges is having the persistence and perseverance to keep posting, keep writing blog posts and to keep doing things even though you're not getting a reaction or getting any business from it. Yes. And there's strategic things you can be doing in the start. You can blog forever on your own blog and it might take forever to get traction. You might never get traction. There's so many blogs that are abandoned or don't get any traffic. One of the important things to be doing early on is to be looking for an existing blog that already has the audience that you want to communicate with. So instead of toiling away for years on your own blog and getting frustrated, look around for other blogs. Yeah. That, say, if you're a Bondi real estate agent, you might have other businesses in the area that write content for the local community. It might be the local rag, it might be a, a local blog. But if you can partner with those people and deliver an article for them that's of value to their readers, that educates them about the property market in that particular area, that's a really fast way to shortcut that pain because then you're writing for a thousand people, ten thousand people, maybe more. Okay, so that's a good topic. Let's I mean I'm only throwing names here. Let's just say Bondi Icebergs or Bondi yes. Life Saving Club. Yeah. Right? Tell me how that would work. Like what would you do? Okay, so basically you'd look to form a relation you'd look to identify one if that blog existed, two if it had any readers three, how many readers, and if they had an email list that they promoted that content to. If it stacked up and it was worth your while, like you don't want to be writing for another 
ghost town of a yeah, blog. Yeah. Assuming you've done your research and it's a good blog, then you work out who's in charge, who's the person who looks after the editorial calendar. And then you form a relationship with them. You could be really pro uh, bold and just pick up the phone and call them. But what I like to do is do my research first. I see if they're on Facebook or LinkedIn or, or Twitter is the best one to start with. And I follow them, I read their tweets, I read their articles, and I get familiar with their work. And I take a generosity mindset. So instead of just saying, I want to write for you because I want to get in front of all your people, you start off by sharing some of their content, commenting on their content, showing an appreciation for their work. And it's got right. to be genuine. Right. You, you've got to actually read it, and if you enjoy it, it's got to be sincere. You can't just bluff your way through that stuff. It's got to be authentic and sincere. Because that way you start to form a relationship. And then you can start to email them or tweet them directly and ask them things like, what project are you working on? How can I, how can I help? I'm in the area too. And start a real conversation. You don't want to beat around the bush forever. Eventually you'll say, listen, I understand about your audience now. I've been following your blog for X number of weeks or months. I'm actually um, working on an article on XYZ, Bondi Property Market. I think it might be of value to your audience because your audience is predominantly living in the suburb of Bondi. Right. And then you will take it to them and frame it as what's in it for them. So they're getting a free article that educates their readers about the property prices. Or okay, the property and, market. and that article sits on their website? or S- your... Sits on their website. And then it um, goes back to your website or not? Yes, typically you would get a backlink right. in the author bio or somewhere in the article linking back to your website. And what I... What a more advanced tip is, is it's a huge opportunity because some people will read that article and are going to want to know more. Right. Those people should have a, a call to action. It doesn't have to be aggressive or anything. In fact, a gentle call to action works best to say something like, if you found this article on the property market in Bondi useful, head over to my website and download my full report or something else. Right. Even more value. So again, you're taking people through those baby steps of those value exchanges, yeah. a free article on the Icebergs blog, for example, and then a call to action to come over to your website to find more information. And you're gradually strengthening that relationship. And it scales because that article is going to be on the Icebergs blog forever. Right. Now. So every time somebody finds it, it could be more people coming to your site. Right. Okay. Uh, one big final tip to the audience. What's the biggest tip that you can give to a real estate agent watching there that says... I want to make more money in real estate. I want to be the best agent I can. I want to embrace digital marketing. What advice do you give them? Well, if you want it badly enough, you can make it happen. It's, it's, it's not... It's science. It's, you've helped people. You be generous. You add value. You publish information. You stick the course. You form relationships. You help people out. It's going to work. Right. And the more you can be generous, the more opportunities come your way. You may, they, may, they may be from... Angles that you don't predict, yeah. but taking that philosophy of getting started first and foremost and then staying the course. If something's not working, change it slightly. Ask somebody else. But there's tons of examples of people all over the web doing this well, so you can get your inspiration from people outside the real estate industry. Right. And just keep at it um, and understand that there are rewards. It, it does pay off. Now, I noticed at the conference that we were at... Um, you were happy to share some templates or anything? Is there anything... Oh, no, I didn't ask you beforehand. That's all right. Is, is there any, any any tip that you can give them or any useful tool that you, you're happy to share um, with a view that if they like it, they might want more? 
Absolutely. So with the book comes 33 free marketing templates. Right. And they're available for all of your viewers uh, for free. So there's a URL you can head to and it's bluewiremedia.com.au slash book. Yeah. And you can download all of those 33 free templates. In exchange, you put in your email address and I send them to you. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, what I'll do is on the EDM, I'll have that link there in case people haven't taken it down by video. I'll have that link there. Um, Thank you uh, so much, uh, Adam. Again, we'll check in with you um, in the near future because this thing's evolving all the time and I'd love to know that we've got one of the, uh, the go-to people in the industry um, to come in and give us an update on what's hot, what's not. Um, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, Tom. Thank you, Adam. Thank you.